focus on cloud, location, data center industry, trends, and dynamic market. Well, I'm David Liggett with Data Center Hawk, and I'm so excited to be joined by Nicholas Lag, Managing Director and CEO of Prime Data Centers. Nicholas, great to see you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, David. Good to see you again. Uh, you know, I would love to start with um, your background in the data center industry and, and in this space. How did you, uh, you know, get to the position of starting Prime Data Centers, which we can talk about in a moment, and uh, just talk about your background in the space? So my background uh, basically is, is more finance, private equity. Started my career investing in operating businesses, um, strategically or controlling stakes in Europe and Asia, and um, very much infrastructure and real estate focused. And then I uh, was also part of co-founding a um, water utility business and, and was based in China for six years. And so um, essentially our background, me and my two co-founders, we've been for the past 14 years. Um, so Klaus, he started a software business. And so we have a bit of vertical technology and real estate. And uh, I think it was 2003 was the first time um, I got acquainted with the data center where we underwrote a transaction. And frankly, we weren't really sure if this is real estate or, or, or telecom. And, and little, little <laughs> yeah. did we know how this would evolve, obviously. Um, so in short, you know, for us, we felt as simple real estate guys, um, really where we want to focus. And um, we have uh, platforms in Europe uh, as well in commercial real estate. And since uh, roughly four years, um, based on my initiative, we basically started popping over here to the US and felt, hey, California is the right, right place to start. It's the, the epicenter. It's still the biggest exporter of, of data center needs. Um, and so I uh, started searching the market um, in, in the Bay and that's really the background of Prime is, is, is really we felt strongly that as, as, as a sector, there is tremendous secular growth. And we're extremely excited about having the, the, the know-how of the vertical of technology and real estate and combining that um, yes. with the people that we have. Yeah, it's always interesting to me to get to hear, you know, where different leaders, how different leaders of, of you know, whether it's data center operators or even like leaders of IT infrastructure within like the actual data center users themselves, how they got into this business. Um, you know, a lot of people do come from the real estate angle or the financial side of things. Uh, so I, I know your perspective, you know, probably has a lot to do with numbers and how those numbers pencil out uh, as it relates to return on on deals and things like that. But talk about, um, you know, just starting Prime. You mentioned California made sense for uh, the place to begin. Uh, you mentioned too that it's the largest exporter of data center needs, which is a great way to put it. I mean, some of the world's largest companies are headquartered, you know, right in the middle of, uh, you know, the Santa Clara and Northern California area. But just talk about starting the company right now. Your portfolio is is in California, and just are there options to be outside of California in the future? Talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for us, it was. Um I mean, West Coast, I guess we should say, because obviously uh, nor northern, nor 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 northern uh, West Coast as well is important. But we, we essentially started looking at, at Santa Clara, um, really love the dynamics of that market and, and, and start basically really bringing the right team, the ingredients of the right people who have experience here in the US, um, both on the customer side, implementation side, and really understanding the customer's needs and their applications. And I think that's really changed dramatically. 
um, in the past uh, five years versus kind of real estate, um, you know, consultants helping the corporations allocate data centers. Um, I think for us, you know, we need to know and think what the customer's challenges are, be it different applications they're using, um, you know, the hybrid migration, uh, how they're combining the cloud with, with their, their own onboarding. And um, essentially for us, it's, it's a stepping stone, right? So we started uh, in, in, in the Bay uh, looking for opportunities. And, and actually the first one didn't end up in the Bay, it ended up in Sacramento. So an opportunity came up and we just jumped at it. And actually we owned the dirt before we even set up the business. Sometimes that happens. Um, <laughs> in the meantime, we have uh, four projects here in, in, in California. And um, absolutely, uh, as a strategy, we're, we're, we're uh, excited to announce in, in the near term some additional projects, both acquisitions um, that we're working with, let's say, strategic and the strategic nature where we're helping a customer basically buy assets from their balance sheet and let, let them capitalize and, and work with them then also in a build to suit. So it's not all, all about... Um, data centers and building and developing it's also working really much with the, the customer and what their challenges are be that hey we have existing assets we'd actually like to free up capital or secondly we have assets where we're reducing our footprint because we overbuilt and part of that is migrating to the cloud and thirdly hey we're going to vacate some assets and finally you know what we, we need to develop some new ones with new applications and so that is is, is certainly the essence of our um ethos in terms of partnership as a service and, and being able to buy assets, being able to partner with the companies, be that through a joint venture, um, and then work with them if it's turnkey or, or powered shell um, or a combination of the two, uh, as well as buying assets. So as of now, um, we're um, expanding in Europe. We have uh, two uh, locations that we're um, yeah. We'll shortly announce in Germany, as an example, um, both, I'd say, quite um, suitable for, for cloud as well as hyperscale. And um, we're also very keen on, on expanding in, in Virginia. We've been searching the market a long time and uh, Chicago as well. So, so as a strategy, we're really focused on the core markets and acquiring sufficient capacity to do multi-tenanted facilities as well as build to suit, both turnkey as well as uh, PowerShell or PowerShell with a ramp up, um, more adaptable to, to, to the customer's needs that they can ramp in uh, turnkey. So, you know, long-term PowerShell and as they need it, um, they can basically um, either build out the, the, the mechanical, electrical and plumbing themselves or, or we can do it for them in, in stages. And so, so certainly focus on the core markets here in the US and Europe. And then, look, frankly, we'll work with our customer anywhere. If they want us to basically sure. buy the dirt uh, or buy their dirt that they already own and, and do a build-to-suit or, or some sort of phased approach, uh, that's really our strategy. Yeah, I think that highlights the importance of flexibility. You know, if you think about the industry 10 years ago, like one of the things that I saw, and this is back when I was working with a uh, CBRE, a real estate company, was, you know, the data center operators – 
you know, the mindset was more around, Hey, we're going to build this. This is the most efficient way to build. This is exactly how you have to do it. And I think over the last, you know, five to 10 years, we've seen a flip where it's much more of a partnership approach. You mentioned that being flexible, really trying to understand, Hey, what are the opportunities to, you know, not just build this one thing for you, but how can we, you know, work with you, not on just this project, but, you know, others down the road. The other thing you mentioned, which was great was, you know, Chicago, Northern Virginia, and Europe. And those three areas, at least from my perspective, you know, our, our, um, uh, market tracking, you know, we saw over 77 megawatts of absorption last year in Chicago. We saw hun- you know, uh, multi hundred, you know, several hundred megawatts of absorption in Northern Virginia and Europe is where a lot is happening right now. So, Obviously, you all are right in the middle of where the market is moving. Um, you mentioned Sacramento, and a lot of people in California probably me know this, but if you're if you're looking maybe from outside of California in, talk about kind of the difference between Sacramento and Santa Clara, and why like a data center user might prefer somewhere like Sacramento over you know in the in the Bay. Yeah, we we really like Sacramento as an alternative solution or complement before the Bay, right? And, and certainly the Bay is, is, is competing with your, your office, your residential. Uh, it's very difficult to get everything, both, both dirt, power, et cetera. Um, secondly, the cost um, is certainly also uh, higher. And, and so for the applications and requirements that are not super latency uh, driven, right? You have essentially Sacramento that <clears throat> from a, from a source of education, people, skill set, workforce, you know, the SAC metropolitan 2.5 million people. And, you know, from San Francisco, it's a one and a half hour drive, a little bit less than 90 miles. And the latency to the bay is, is less than four milliseconds, which also kind of addresses the, the majority of, of the requirements. And so that in combination with um, SMUD, which is, is extremely, um, I'd say, if you look at the history and its reliability, compared to some of the other providers here, don't, don't want to name anything, but the local providers, it's been a bit unstable sure. here in California, right? And uh, SMART actually, both, both from an environmental point of view, you can be 100% green, and, and even its normal source, it's roughly 40% hydro, and the cost of power um, is significantly less than the Bay, and, and even less than Santa Clara. So your cost, your TCO is basically reduced. We have a campus on, on, a, um, on an... Um, um, a economical zone that allows us to, to have a lower power in addition. So there's essentially a, a reduced power um, compared to the, the SAC area. We have our own substation. So we have 50 megawatts uh, or 50 MVA of available power and we have the dirt to expand. So that's also important if you have a company coming in and you know it's not just four or three megs, we can really work long-term um, with the customer base to see that there, there, there is a security that it's not only this year, next year, but actually that we can grow into it over a longer period of time. And then for, for several companies, frankly, it's also, it's off the San Andreas fault. So from a seismic point of view, um, environmental point of view, there, there are those benefits. Earlier, you mentioned turnkey data centers and powered shell facilities. You know, we've seen certainly some changes with those lately, but, you know, what are some of the advantages you see with the turnkey facility versus the powered shell? 
Well, I mean, for us, it's it's no difference. It's really what the customer needs, and and certainly depending on the type of customer, um, there's certainly benefits for some customers that have, let's say, a, a bigger a bigger requirement and um, greater in-house capabilities of deploying the mechanical electrical. Uh, be that for a hyperscale where it's quickly deployed, they have a model. It's, it's, it's their call it proprietary model. And, and they love basically taking control of that and phasing that in. And, and, and certainly that's an advantage for them, right? And then it's also an advantage because we can facilitate with the site selection and the shell, uh, which also takes, you know, that's maybe not their skill set. They, they prefer really focusing on building out the MEP and then deploying the IT. And at the same token, you have customers, well, look, they, are, they just need two megs or three megs and they need it in six months. And um, you know, then then obviously the benefit is doing a, a turnkey model. So I think it really depends on on the need of the customer, and and individual customers will have different needs as well, depending on location. Right? If it's a real larger requirement, and then you might go to a um, a smaller market, and the footprint uh, would be less, and then they rather just you know deal with a turnkey solution and not have a longer term kind of powered shell uh, model. And 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 finally, there also can let's say getting into the finance part, but there are also accounting effects uh, for the customers. So there's some benefits on that, um, that if, if they basically are able to own more of the MEP, they can depreciate more of that versus the landlord owning more of the MEP. So there's some, there's some tax effects on that as well that the customers could benefit from. Yeah, it seems like, and it seems like the sophisticated users are the ones that have the ability to really understand those types of advantages uh, and maybe differences between the two models. Um, you know, what are some of the trends that you see either impacting like the enterprise data center space? So, you know, maybe companies that don't have the 10, 20, 30 megawatt needs, but have the smaller, you know, uh, 50 cabinets or 500 KW or megawatt. What are some of the trends that you see impacting those type of customers? Well, it's, it's been evolving, right? I mean, I'd say when, when, we really started digging down into this market and, and you know, with, with the phenomena of the cloud, you would have argued at least we were, I mean, we're pure wholesale and we will always be, I mean, that's the strategy. It, it's really focused on that. So we're, we're very much about serving retail colo companies as well. And, and one, one actually on, on, under a strategic initiative as an example, because we'll never compete with them. Right. And that's, uh, that's our, our focus. Having said that, if you look at the industry, and you say, you know, there was kind of a, there's, there's many CTOs who are really focused on, oh, it's, it's a cloud all strategy. And, and, and then they realize over time that actually one, they're, they're, you know, it's not so easy. And some of the applications still today don't live in the cloud too well. And, uh, and they need to be from a latency point of view, you know, it's not a three meg, it might be half meg or one meg. So what we've seen is there was a lot of uncertainty based on, on let's say enterprise and, and the timing. And I think there was a lot of, you know, internal reviews that were being done. I mean, we, we had one example with a, a large retail group here in the US. We're working on an on a initiative to actually buy the asset from them. They're reducing their footprint. It's been going on for, I think, 18 months. We're still in discussions with them. It just takes them time. In the meantime, they also had two CTOs and the strategy has changed, right? <laughs> I think, I think long-term, yeah. long, long what we've seen is that actually, I think, Obviously, there's there's a lot of growth skewed to the cloud, and the numbers are, 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 are growth rates are much larger. Having said that, we see and believe very much in the hybrid model, 
and see that basically becoming more and more um, a strategy and uh, of, of enterprises and and irrespective um, of, of the weighting between those two, there's growth. And, and if you look at the fundamental factors of, of that growth and the needs of that growth, be it, you know, compute or in storage or, or analysis, AI data, it's just phenomenal. And, and new applications are introduced all the time that, that continue to, to grow that factor. So we, we think actually, obviously there's lower growth, but uh, from, from an enterprise point of view, I think their requirements for smaller deployments will continue to grow. And we also think smaller deployments potentially um, closer to the end users as well. Okay, so one of the things that we have seen data center users really value is flexibility. And if you look back over the last several years, that certainly is a trend that we're seeing in the market. So, you know, as a data center operator, from your perspective, why do you find it's important to, you know, deliver that, whether you think about a, you know, built a suit, powered shell, turnkey infrastructure, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, we think it's it's certainly important and you need to be able to have a dynamic environment uh, or, or solution when you're designing a building. And so um, if we take a turnkey example and, and you take into account your electrical uh, topology and, and your mechanical footprint and what you can actually cool in terms of density. So in, in short, yeah, we, we feel it's, it's critical that you're designing for a more adaptable solution because a lot of the customers at the end, one, it's, the IT needs and the IT, um, let's say the rack density from a customer to customer is different. And, and we see that trend as well. So you might have a customer that needs, you know, um, 6KW rack and it's an easy environment. Then you might have a customer that needs 12 or 15KW rack. And so certainly we're working very closely with our design team. Um, in the event we're doing a speculative build that enables a, a turnkey solution. I mean, if it's a, a build to suit, by definition, then it's very much tailored towards the customer. But as an example, in, in our facility <clears throat> in Sacramento, we designed basically for the ability to expand, right? And, and, and on that note, we're for the first time um, publicly announcing that we fully leased that facility. Um, great. So, so we designed that for basically initially being six megawatts, but we had the ability to increase um, the footprint and density um, to by 33%. So, so now we, we are able to deliver eight megawatts to this customer. And, um, and in addition, work very closely with them for, for tailoring, let's say, some of their TFOs in, in the case of Sacramento. And there's another example um, I mentioned earlier when we have, um, when we have a, 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 so there's a, a strategic discussion that we've been having for quite some time with a prospective customer. And um, working with them to actually purchase their assets, um, a, a number of their assets, free up capital. So that's that's the one part. And at the same time, we work with them to 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 work on on a build to suit um, on a number of locations. And, and and the one location there, also here in the Bay, is actually then a powered shell. And and again, work very much with with their needs that they have the ability to to essentially piecemeal build out their mechanical and electrical. So from that point of view, um, I think uh, if you're not um, on point in terms of delivery speed and, and design flexibility, you you will be funneled into to a small amount of customers. I think you really need to uh, have that today in order to serve uh, the, the different type of needs. 
How have you seen, uh, you know, COVID-19 and, and the challenges with that impact the space and, and how do you think it will impact it moving forward? You know, it seems like we're in a different phase of, you know, working through the challenges with, with the pandemic. Uh, and certainly the data center industry has responded, in my opinion, in a very favorable way in, in you know, keeping uh, facilities up, their people as safe as they can. But just talk about your experience in that and, and how you think the industry will fare moving forward. I think the experience for everyone was obviously unique in our lifetime, right? And, um, and in terms of our industry, yeah, certainly there was a real spike um in demand probably march april uh, may and 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 june i think overall long term what are the effects in the next years i'm an optimist i think we hopefully come a bit to more normalized situation and, and we realize hopefully with the vaccine and things normalize having said that i don't think covid19 will have an exponential effect on the fundamentals of our industry longer term i think you know that might have some percentages uh, or, or less than that um, I think we've seen a short-term spike and then sure, I think, <clears throat> you know, the like of Teams, Zoom and those applications, there's more mobile um, work. I'd say at the same time, maybe this was an acceleration and, and in 10 years, this anyway takes place that we're more mobile yeah. because the ability to be more mobile, not to mention 5G coming and, and, and being able to really be mobile, right? So, yeah, I, I don't think that this uh, is a... a there's a significant change long-term with COVID-19 to our industry. But it was a po yeah, positive was bump, also. positive bump for some, that's for sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it was interesting, you know, at the beginning of uh, 2020, you know, we had already seen, you know, a, 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 before the pandemic, you know, hit, we had already seen, you know, uh, a significant amount of growth, you know, starting even before that. And so, you know, when you put, the pandemic challenges and the, and what that did for the industry from a growth perspective on top of that, it, you know, created a, uh, you know, a, a historic growth year for our space, you know, and, and, uh, but I don't think it was all related as you mentioned to, to COVID. So it sounds like, you know, at prime, you'll have some very exciting things, um, on the horizon, not just with the, the markets and facilities that you're in, but uh, with other places that you will go? I mean, from your perspective as the leader of the organization, what gets you excited about the next few years in this industry? Oh, a lot. Um, you know, the, 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 the fact that, that our, our customers are also challenged with the sheer growth and, and for us being basically, um, call it a, a partner, potential solution provider for their infrastructure needs, I think is really interesting because it's it's really about you need two sides to, to basically dance and and for that I think there is 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 a unique situation in this industry and I think it will continue and overall the sheer growth of the industry as well and the, the change and speed um, of the industry with regards to the customers IT applications you know new applications that are, are only cloud based or um, and I, don't, I think we haven't even seen um, you know we could i don't it's like when we look at this back in 2002 who, who, who could imagine where we are today and, and i think the, sure. the fact of where we will be in 10 years uh, obviously we're biased but we feel that the amount of compute and data and you know you hear some statistics that 90 percent of the data has been produced in the past two two and a half years so with that exponential effect um 
and, and the way our lifestyle works um, in terms of media content and the, and, and the access of that. Um, I think it's really interesting. Well, Nicholas, thanks so much for uh, sitting down and sharing your thoughts on the industry. Also, it's exciting to hear what Prime is doing and um, you know the next few years will be really fun to watch your progress. So thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Thank you.